Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Thomas Sally. He's the director of Wilkesboro Tourism Authority in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dane. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I think you're the first true tourism director or full-time tourism director that we've had on the show. Great to have you, first off. But I think the first question is, what does a tourism director do? Well, thanks, Dane, for having me, and uh, it's such an honor to be uh, the first uh, tourism director on your show. And um, yeah, I mean, to me, so I think by the definition of what a tourism director does, you know, the the mantra that we share in the industry is heads and beds, right? So it's you know what whatever drives people to stay in hotels and short term rentals. Um, I'm in a unique position because I am employed by the town of Wilkesboro, so typically with with DMOs and CVBs. Uh, destination marketing organizations, so on, um, you would have different structure. So you might have some that are associated with the Chamber of Commerce, some that might be associated as a standalone, you know, not-for-profit type of organization. Some are very government-driven. Um, so I view my role as also as a community servant, right? Um, so I try to position myself as, you know, somebody that does good for the community, Um and, you know, of course, we work closely with our Economic Development Corporation, which we have here in the county and our Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, the the three organizations, I, I consider us the three-legged stool, right, of economic development. Um, so my primary function would be, you know, whatever drives traffic to our hotels. But I try to think about the bigger picture and, you know, what's best for the community, what's good for the community. You know, what are some things that, and especially as a developing a small town with developing, um, you know, sort of a resurging economy, um, you know, something that is good for the community may not necessarily de- drive hotel stays right now, but it could grow into something bigger uh, that becomes, you know, a big driver of hotel demand, uh, short-term rental demand. So, you know, I try to keep my eyes open and my ears to the ground for things that would uh, you know, have development potential, right? Right. So uh, drive heads and beds. I would imagine then that you have some kind of lodging tax, some kind of hotel tax. Y- yes, that is correct. So in the town of Wilkesboro, we have a 3% occupancy tax. And so the hotel room stays, we have a few Airbnbs here in town. Um, so, you know, 3% is added to the fee uh, the, to stay. And then that money is funneled over to me. Um, to use. And North Carolina has, um, you know, rules that vary from county to county and region to region, uh, but they're all pretty much the same about how occupancy tax money must be spent. Um, The de facto sort of rule is two thirds of the money must be spent on marketing and promotion of the destination and, you know, driving hotel room stays and short-term rental stays. And up to one third can be spent on, um, you know, infrastructure development, um, non-marketing so to speak. So it could be 
uh, asset development, uh, trail development. We do a lot of event marketing, event grants, you know, grants for, um, you know, development of assets. So that's where our, a lot of our non-marketing money is spent. So that's where you do good for the community. That's that portion of the money. Is yes, that right? sir. That is, that is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, um, you know, both in terms of marketing, you know, so, so these events are put on by small businesses or, or, you know, upstart organizations and they need, they need help and they need expertise. You know, I'm, I don't consider myself a, a expert per se. Um, but you know, I have experience daily in, in working with marketing and media and public relations. And so people that maybe are putting on an event in the community, you know, that's not in their wheelhouse necessarily until they get into this space. And, you know, we try, I try to provide help and provide an avenue and an audience for people to amplify their message. Right. So then do you spend a lot of that marketing money or do you hire an agency to place ads on your behalf or how does that part all play out? Yeah, well, we've done a little bit of both. So um, we're very blessed to have the state of North Carolina and the state uh, office of tourism that puts together a cooperative marketing package. So we're able to take advantage of sort of a bulk buy that is uh, facilitated by the state and its agency of record, which is uh, Luke choir out of Charlotte. Um, and then we're also mem uh, members of affiliate organizations um, like the high country host. And we have our own local uh, groups and various regional groups that, you know, band together and we kind of do the same thing. So we have different layers and levels of cooperative marketing, a cooperative advertising and public relations that we facilitate. And when it comes to, uh, let's say grant applicants, for example, or members of the community, you know, sometimes they come to us and we actually encourage them to come to us with a plan and marketing plan and say, you know, this is where we believe that your investment will have the most value or, and many of our more, let's say better developed events and festivals and things, um, you know, will already have sponsorship packages sort of fleshed out. Right. So they'll say, you know, for this amount, you will receive X, Y, and Z, and we will use your money for A, B, and C, right? right? So it sort of makes it cut and dried. Sometimes people come to us and say, you know, we need help with, you know, reaching this audience, you know, or, you know, we would request, we politely request, you know, X number of dollars to, to accomplish this. Um, and it might be, you know, to... So our, our, our organization is focused on that hotel stay. So, you know, for example, we have a few like one day events and it's like, okay, well, how can we get your one day event into a two day event? Or, you know, can, is there some way we can add on either end to, to expand, to, to lengthen the stay? You know, can we combine this with something else or partner, you know, can you partner with this person to create an experience for someone that will then give people a reason to stick around? Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So. What does the, what does your community think about tourism? I mean, is it a major industry and does the community embrace it or is it sort of, these are outsiders and, and we have to put up with it and it's good money, but uh, <laughs> you would rather maybe it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're really close by, uh, you know, Asheville is two hours away. Uh, Boone and Blowing Rock are really popular um, high country destinations for your listeners that are not familiar with North Carolina. We have, um, you know, you've probably heard of Asheville and the Biltmore. Um, that's about two hours away. Um, we are close to the North Carolina high country, which is sort of the mountain region in the Northwest corner of the state, which has been long been a popular uh, respite for people looking to get away from the hot weather and, you know, fall color. We have the Blue Ridge Parkway, uh, the most, you know, America's drive, so to speak. And so this area is, is very popular in the fall. 
Um, and we have some mountain destinations that are close by that are very tourism driven. Um, and so our community, you know, I think they understand that. And they also recognize that we are not that and we're not that yet. And I think that the community, um, you know, has a not, has the opportunity to decide how it wants to pursue tourism. But to your point, at this time, I think that the community does embrace tourism and is very hospitable hospitable towards outsiders. And I have noticed that, you know, although our community is a small community and it is, um, there are people that live here that are six, seven, eight, ninth generation. You know, they've been here since the very beginning. Uh, there is a lot of newcomers to the community, and they seem to, at least in my view, have found a way to establish themselves in the community and you know participate and be um, you know give back and and really are are embraced and welcomed by the community. So people who do come as tourists and then decide to relocate here or or you know set up some kind of permanent or semi permanent residence here. It seems like they have done really well to uh, gain acceptance and, and, you know, become integrated in the community. And that's really special. And um, I think our community is very welcoming and, and certainly, you know, tourism and opportunity, um, you know, they, they, they really embrace that. And I'm, I'm really grateful. That's positive. That's, and that's really good to hear that they're becoming a part of the community and being accepted into it. And yeah, all of those yeah. things can be real challenges. And the other challenge that I wanted to ask you about, you briefly mentioned Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of other tourist communities have a real challenge with Airbnb impacting their local long-term rentals, the actual homes for people to live in. Sure. Has that been an issue? And if so, what? how did you deal with it? Yeah. So, I mean, we could probably have a separate podcast about housing. <laughs> Um, sure. But, you know, again, being in the mountain region, um, infrastructure is a real challenge here because you can't just, you know, dig a trench and put a water pipe and a sewer pipe in the ground. I mean, you have to blast your way through rocks and everything else. Um, so that does make building a real challenge. Um, I think, thankfully, the the critical mass, so to speak, of short term rentals is not such that it does have an impact on the housing situation. Our housing situation is, you know, currently stretched. Uh, that is really a sy systemic issue. I think it's, you know, yeah. it's not, everybody's not, that way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and it is particularly acute here, um, although not to the extreme that you might see in like, you know, I don't know, Miami or, you know, Charlotte or, the, uh, you know, Charleston, South Carolina or things like that. Um, and and certainly our, our, our short term rental uh, inventory is not so great that, you know, people are not. Um, I'm trying to think the best way to put this. It, it doesn't seem to have an impact on the, you know, the long-term um, situation. So um, I, one, one advantage that we have is that, you know, if you are looking to be, you know, off the grid or, or have any sort of property with a decent amount of acreage or, you know, features, be it mountain views or water features or things like that, then Wilkes is a great place to relocate because we have available land and, 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 you know, land that's, you know, it's not like a third of an acre or half an acre in a subdivision with, you know, cookie cutter home, you know, stamped out. It's, it's a place where you can really carve out a place to live. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it offers a really nice diverse landscape for the home builder, the home buyer, the, the land developer to, you know, stretch their legs. It's funny. In some ways, you sound more like an economic developer than like a tourism director. 
Well, thank you for that, Dana. Um, you know, I, like I said, we, it's a small community, so we wear a lot of hats and, um, you know, I certainly applaud our, our, uh, team and government and the community, uh, those who are involved in our economic development chamber and those that, that are working on this every day. I mean, it's a team effort. So. Sure. So get, let's, let's get in the weeds a little bit with your job in the sense that you're the tourism director, but you work for the city. So you, you know, report to some kind of council. Mm -hmm. So do you make a lot of decisions about sponsoring events and, and directions you're going to go, or is, does the council ultimately make those decisions or how does that work? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the only employee of our organization and we have a seven member volunteer board that's made up of, and this is, again, is sort of stipulated by the legislation that's been drafted, um, for the tourism industry in North Carolina at large. But, um, you know, the majority of our board is made up of by lodging owners and operators. So it's, it's a requirement that people who are collecting the tax are also the ones who are deciding how the money's spent. And then 100% of the board is, um, you know, must have some involvement in the tourism industry. So we have on our board, uh, you know, hotel owners and operators. Um, we have and, and have had and will have, you know, short-term rental operators, um, you know, economic development, chamber, uh, attractions, you know, that could be concert venues. We have a, a plethora of wineries and vineyards and distilleries in our region that, you know, they participate. And um, so, you know, the, the, the board, you know, ultimately, you know, I may liaise with the people who are making a request or, you know, maybe we'll sort of sift through proposals and, and vet proposals and then take those to the board. And then ultimately the board will decide, okay, we feel like these are the best opportunities with the limited budget that we have. And, you know, we want to proceed in this manner. So that's kind of how we do things. Um, you know, we, we meet monthly, it's open to the public. And, you know, then, then we have the town council, which is sort of an additional layer of, um, and they do have some, some oversight in terms of the TDA as a, as an entity of the town. Interesting. Yeah. I'm really glad that we got to talk. This is oh, yeah. I'm really getting to ask these questions that I've of always course, kind of yeah. wondered about. And, yeah. And, and, you know, if you go and talk to a different tourism uh, director or somebody in tourism, you know, it'll, it might be a totally different landscape. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. That's like everything. So how did you get into this? Well, um, I have a degree in public relations. I've always sort of been in the hospitality and tourism industry, sort of service industry, whether I've liked it or not. Uh, you know, looking back at my career, I've worked in restaurants, uh, movie theater. Um, I worked at, so my, in my, my full-time career, I spent a lot of time at a local winery. I was sort of the sales manager, uh, hospitality, you know, um, marketing director, so to speak. Um, and that was for about 12 years. And then I've been in this role for about three years. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of opportunity and that's why I love being in a small town is that, you know, you take on a role like this and, you know, you're getting your hands dirty in a lot of things quick. And unfortunately at this moment, Thomas's audio cut out. He was just about to tell us that there in Wilkesboro, the NASCAR North Wilkesboro Speedway is reopening. It's been dormant since 1996, and there's been a local effort called Save Our Speedway that's been working to get it reopened. Using ARPA money, they were able to get the speedway back. It's going to be reopening in seven months for the All-Star Race. So Thomas has a lot of work ahead of him. Um, I guess the other thing I would mention, too, is that, you know, being in a rural destination, it's just very exciting to see... Um, all the development take place and, you know, when, when companies come calling and, 
um, you know, you get to go through the process of, um, you know, getting to show off and, and talk about all the things in your community that make you proud and, and, you know, seeing people's face light up when they, when they come to town for the first time and, you know, you walk down the street and you talk to a visitor and, um, you know, you just hear them glow about the community and even our longtime residents that have lived here forever. And, you know, just to hear them do the same and, and talk about, you know, how much they love the community. And, um, that's just a really special thing. And, and, you know, to have people that of their own volition that will go out of their way to, you know, effectively do my job for me, you know, um, I'm so, right. so blessed, so blessed to have that, uh, in this space and, um, you know, additional, uh, projects that we have going on, you know, another big project that we have is, um, um, the local the surrounding counties around us just submitted a request to make our, we have a big divided highway. That's a secondary highway. Uh, but they're in the process of getting that into an interstate designation, which is going to really help our economic development prospects as well. And, um, you know, part of this speedway restoration is made possible by the American rescue plan. And, um, that, that funding that we're receiving from the American rescue plan is going to, um, supply water and sewer to the speedway. Um, which believe it or not, it has had exist, existed for 50 years without, you know, water and sewer, wow. <laughs> um, you know, and did quite well, but, um, that's going to allow us to build more homes and, and, you know, invite industry into the community. And, and it really does, you know, you might look back and say, well, how is federal tax dollars going to a speedway going to help, you know, how's that going to help? Well, you know, you're talking about preserving, the uh, core, one of the core elements of the story of North Carolina, moonshine and motorsports and NASCAR. And you're also talking about the ancillary benefits that come with that, the, the spending, the, the development of housing and, and long-term, you know, job creation, job growth, you know, industry, and, you know, just providing a better quality of life for a part of North Carolina and a part of the United States that has you know, suffered. I mean, this is, you know, we're part of Appalachia and, you know, Appalachian community has, has struggled for a long time. And, you know, that goes way back and, um, you know, just, it does something for the community that is really special. Well, like I said, you don't talk like a tourism director, you talk <laughs> like an economic developer and yeah, I mean, you're having an impact. Well, thank you, Dana. I really appreciate that. And, and certainly I would invite you or any of your listeners to uh, experience Wilkesboro firsthand and, um, you know, if you'd like to check out our website, it's uh, explorewilkesboro.com. And um, if you want to put my contact information up in the I will. show description, yeah. then, you know, we welcome people to reach out or come visit us. I mean, we'd love to show off and, and um, you know, allow you to experience the Wilkesboro way, as we call it. Fantastic. Well, I will have to definitely take you up on that. And I hope um, some of our listeners do as well. Definitely. Everyone's invited. Good deal. Well, thank you so much. Um, I've really appreciated our time today. And I, I've learned a lot. Before I moved to Texas, which is where I am now, I was outside Yosemite National Park in California. And that is a major tourist destination. We had a, and we had a DMO. And they didn't do anything like what you're talking about. It was all about advertisements and promotion for Yosemite. And, and you just didn't see this concern or this work for the community coming out of the destination marketing organization that was there. And so it is interesting to hear your perspective from this whole other side and the way that you talk like an economic developer, the way that you think about housing and infrastructure and just all of that. It's very interesting. And so I am glad to hear that there are, um, there are tourism directors that 
thinks like economic developers. <laughs> well, thanks, Dane. Yeah, I think being a small a small town and a small destination with a limited budget, I mean, you really have to, uh, you know, get get creative and think about ways that you can leverage the assets that you have. And and um, you know, I can't do it alone, so I have to find ways to collaborate in the community. And um, you know, the other thing that we talk about is you can't, you know, you can't sell the sizzle if you don't have the steak, right? So I want to make right. sure that that when people come here, that they we're able to deliver on that experience. And, um, you know, and I also recognize that tourism has a higher purpose in the sense that it does, it is the, we like to say the first date to economic development. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Nobody ever moves their business somewhere that they haven't visited as a tourist. That's right. Right. You go there first as a tourist, you think, you know what, this is really nice. Maybe I'd like to live here. Then you think, you know, maybe I'd like to put my business here and it expands yeah. from there, but it's always about that tourism. It's always about that visit. Yeah. And I think where, where I'm sort of in a unique position is again, being affiliated with the town and, and having a close relationship with our, our, uh, town planning department, for example, you know, I understand what goes into, and we call it placemaking, um, you know, which is not a, not a proprietary term, but you know, again, it's that we're not gonna, you know, I don't want the town to be overrun by, um, you know, um, you know, tourists or people, you know, it would be great if we would have, you know, people beating our door down to want to come and, and set up. But we also want to make sure that we grow smart, right? So um, understanding what's required and what's necessary to make those steps, we can do this in a way that that we can preserve the integrity and the quality of life that we work so hard to develop and still, you know, allow room for growth. Fantastic. Thomas, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dane. Enjoy your day, brother. All right. You too. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.